We are kicking it off today with a bit of an unfortunate report. But it is just that a report for the time being. LG will reportedly announce closure of smartphone business on April 5th. Whoa. Hmm. The rumors were there. Uh, we talked about the rumors here on the show. But never was there a date put on it. And there also was a rumor that they were going to find a buyer. That you would they would be, uh, believe it or not, one of the companies in question that that was in talks to, at least it was a rumor, to acquire the smartphone business was Volkswagen, which is funny because they had to, their very own fiasco recently with mm. the Volts and all the rest of it. Yeah. LG has done some cool things in smartphones, man. Mm-hmm. Recently, the Wing, and then they showed off the rolling thing at CES. Well, not at CES. I don't know. Were they at CES? You know, the virtual version of it. Sure. Look at that. They're doing cool things. It's hard, man. The smartphone business is hard. It's so competitive. And it's just hard to stand out right now. Their their smartphone business hasn't been profitable since 2015, I believe. And you can't keep losing money. You got to call it quits at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they try many things. I have a little bit of a history. I mean, I've been using the LG products. Well, not even just within smartphones, but obviously other market segments where LG is a bit more dominant, like in displays and things like this. But... Uh, Going back, I remember actually my Nexus 5, which is a kind of a fun LG memory. They manufactured that for Google. Oh, my God. Nexus 6P, which was made by Huawei. That's Dom. (laughs) Damn. Five years ago, Dom at the studio. Wow. 2015. That's the last time that LG was profitable. So what's the word there? I guess they should have stuck with uh, making hardware for Google, maybe. No, yeah. it was just a different time. There were far fewer players in the, in the market. They did, I think, did LG make the Nexus 4 as well? They did. did. They? they did. And I actually have fond memories of the Nexus 4 also. So, and that was, damn, eight years ago. I've been doing this for 47 years. Yes, absolutely. Sheesh. Anyway, so you hate to see it. But you understand the marketplace changes. And uh, obviously one of the biggest factors there has been uh, the Chinese brands blowing up. Hmm. I mean, eight years ago, I remember Huawei just popping on the scene. Not eight years ago, five years ago with that Nexus 6P. I think it was the first time I had heard of the Huawei brand. Hmm. Now, granted, they were moving moving units in China, but damn. Why are you making me go down memory lane like this? Yeah. That's King Street. No, it's across from the King Street. I don't know why we were shooting in there instead of... Who was filming? You. Was I? Kirk. (laughs) I don't know. This is on King Street. Yeah. You know, right right near Young and King. And uh, I don't remember which bar this was, but maybe it was a star. I think it was a bar. I think it was an actual bar. Like awesome. a restaurant bar, yeah. And I don't have, I have no idea why we were shooting there. Hmm. But I'm sure we had good reason. Look at me talking about ports and stuff. 2012, early unboxed therapy days. Anyway, so that's just a little, a little trip on 
uh, LG's smartphone history. They've done as a young Lou over there. Wow, looking a little scruffy or something. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Disheveled. Yeah, exactly. Rough shape. <laughs> what can I say? I don't know. It, there's some. There's something in me, and I don't know if anybody else has this. Where when something doesn't go right, when people were trying are trying to do something, whether it's a small business or a big business, I'm kind of inherently rooting for it in a way mm -hmm. and i and i know it's not feasible like for something to win something has to lose and so you just gotta be realistic about it but it's nice as a customer to have options mm -hmm. it's it's a, a real great position to find yourself in to have this wide variety of options available to you to solve your problem your problem being which product to buy, which smartphone to get more options is better. But if it ain't working out and you ain't making money, well then you can't keep doing it for very long. No matter what it is, mm -hmm. you got to adapt. And sometimes that adaptation requires you to put some things down. And I don't mind that either. Yeah. Uh, it's all, you got to be realistic at a point. So I think I'm a little bit sad about it, but at the same time, I'm, I understand you know, in my own small way. I sort of understand. Hmm. But that, look, I they, they went out, they went out with a bang though. They went out with a bang. If their last phone they did is the wing, they went out with a bang. They're like, we're just going to spin around. <laughs> Do loop-de-loops. And that's, and we're going to, we're going to go out like that. Yeah. Yeah, they couldn't find a buyer for it. This is all a rumor at the time. It's a report. According to the Korea Times, LG will announce it will pull out of the smartphone business April 5th after failing to turn a profit these past few years. LG Electronics appears to have decided to pull out of its money-losing smartphone business and entered into a transition process to relocate its mobile communications employees to other business units. Yeah. It was either going to be Volkswagen or Vietnam's Vingroup JSC. Hmm. Did we talk about Vingroup before? No. Yeah, we did. Did we? I think we did. Oh. Because, of course, that's my brother's name. Yeah. I think I cracked a joke or something. No, he, actually, it was him who was talking. I think they do cars. <laughs> I think they do he, cars he as well. He was advertising it? He was. He was like, yo, check out these cars out of Vietnam. He showed both of us. Vingroup. Dot net. Hang on. Let's see. Maybe I'm crazy. Oh, wind group. Maybe I'm crazy. I might be out of my mind. It's a conglomerate. Oh, it's got to be. With a name like that, you got to be a conglomerate. Technology, industry, real estate development, retail, and services. Okay, I don't know. Oh, yeah, there you go. VinFast. Three new electric autopilot models. He wanted to get one of these Vietnamese cars in here. He showed both of us. Oh. You don't remember this stuff, Will. Is it the tiny one that we were talking about? No, no, no. That's oh, a different okay. story. Never mind. Come on, Will. Where you been? He's always pitching. He is always <laughs> pitching stuff. Anyway, they were in the running, but uh, I guess it just didn't work out. The economics. They looked at the, they looked at the, uh, balance sheet. <laughs> like, like you've been losing money for five years. Why want to buy this? Yeah. It's just complicated, man. It's a weird market to get into right now. You got, you got companies. I don't even need to name names. You got companies pumping phones out. Mm -hmm. They got two phones a week. Yeah. In their basement. They got two phones a week, Will. Mm -hmm. 
So you want to compete with that? Not me. Yeah, how many phones a week are you making? Yeah. That's what I thought. So I don't know if it's R.I.P. It's starting to feel like R.I.P. If it is R.I.P., then thank you for the good times, LG. Mm -hmm. If it's not R.I.P., then... Keep doing it. Good luck. Wing two. Good luck. Yep. Or you can just call me up. I could I could be your consultant. Yeah. Me me and Willie do. And we could be like, look, we, I like the innovative stuff. It's fun, but here's what we got to do. We got to just put together a rock solid package at a good price. Mm. And we got to strip back the software. We got to give it that clean experience. And we're going to do fewer camera modules, but better ones. We're going to go sort of the pixel path. Mm. Okay. And. Uh, later, we, later OS. Hey, man. Carried away over here. <laughs> I was just going to be a consultant. I didn't even need to be. <laughs> Have my name on it. Yeah. I was just going to be a consultant and we can move some units. Yeah. People will be into that. Mm -hmm. A trusted brand. They got displays. Yeah. Uh, they can buy, they, they can buy Qualcomm. You can call up Qualcomm. Sure. Give me one, give me some of that Snapdragon stuff. Mm -hmm. So anyway, LG, I'm saying you can give me a call as well. Mm -hmm. I'm just putting that out there. Today's sponsor, HelloFresh. Look how happy, uh, what's, remind me, is that, is her name Mindy? Mindy Kelly. Yeah, look how happy she's she got lemons on her dress. Yes. Because she's got a box of HelloFresh. That's how happy you would be if that's what you had. If you had America's most popular meal kit. I'm wearing a lemon dress? You would. Oh. You would do such a thing for that because you're starving and you're eating like crap these days. And I'm sick of it. Oh. And so are, the, so are the fans. We want to see some longevity out of you, Will. Okay, well. We don't uh, want you to keep talking about how you're dying in a couple of years. We're not having it. Okay. So you need some veggies. You need some calorie smart. You need some pescatarian. You understand? Sure. All of the above. I'll take it. When's the last time you ate some seafood? It's been a while. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised. I, I can't order sushi. You got to eat it at the restaurant. You do? Yeah. Is that the rule? Fresh. Oh, wow. Those You got a lot of rules, man. Oh, yeah. You know. Well, I don't think there's sushi in this kit, but there's a lot of good stuff to choose from. I'm looking at yogurt, marinated chicken, and garlic sauce. That looks pretty healthy. Yeah. Beef flautas supreme. Pico de Gallo and lime crema. Good job. How about a steakhouse pork chop with a creamy pan sauce and a lemony green bean? Oh, yeah. You ever thought of such a thing? You would never do something like that on your own. Never. A Thai coconut pork meatball or a pub-style shepherd's pie. This is the winner right here. It's unlimited over here. Yeah. White cheddar and thyme mashed potatoes. Come on now. Come on now. You ain't eating like that tonight. No. Well, the thing is, everybody could be, should be, because it's super easy to get involved with HelloFresh. Let me tell you about 12 free meals, including shipping. All you have to do is go to HelloFresh.com slash LouLater12 and use a code LouLater12. That's 12 free meals, including free shipping. 
HelloFresh.com slash LouLater12 and use the code LouLater12 so they know that we sent you there. I have been eating these delicious meals. Will has been eating these delicious meals. Mm. You should be eating these delicious meals. America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh.com slash LouLater12. Offer code LouLater12. One more shout out. It's the official Unbox Therapy Everyday Hat. And I got it on my head right now. This is a super comfy, super simple black hat. You can wear it with any outfit, actually. I approve the wearing of this hat with any outfit you choose. Yeah. And I promise comfort. And I promise longevity. I've been wearing these hats for a very long time. Teamed up actually with Built Premium Basics to make it. So you don't have to worry that I'm out here doing something janky all alone. You know, you partner with the right people because it's like embroidered. Like it's not uh, glued on. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Stitched in there. And yeah. it's simple and it's subtle. Like sometimes you have the merch stuff, which is screaming at you. Mm-hmm. This is a way to represent, but in a subtle more laid back way. Yeah. In a similar way to the way Moe's wearing it back there. And I want you to peep the entire style if you see him in the background. Uh, oh, he's not. There he I is. Mean, you know. There he is. Okay, so we're talking about a gray sweatshirt. It's a black pant. And it's a UMBXT hat. Mm. And look at the way he's pulling it off. Give him the camera back. He was just posing. See that? There he is. I mean... It's hard to do better than that. Mm. So there's actually a discount as well. You can see 25% off. You can get your very own, or you can get the hat for free if you purchase $75 uh, on Built Premium Basics. So that's all kinds of products. I'm talking uh, shirts and underwear and, well, they're basics. Mm -hmm. I have uh, drawers full of the basics. Yeah. But these hats are uh, a real, it's a real savior, in fact. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you just, good. you need to reach for a simple hat. Yeah. You need to reach for a simple black hat for certain occasions. Yeah. You can reach for this one. The Unbox Therapy Everyday Hat. UMBXT on the front. Go check the link in the description. Catch your deal. All right. Sony is still in the smartphone business. Still in it, Will. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be announcing a new device, apparently, on April the 14th. Were you, were you telling That's, me about uh, this, or was yes. this a rumor? No. Are you breaking news right now? Well, April 14th, right? That's the I don't rumor. know. I don't know if it's a rumor. It's what's No, it says Sony will, so they're not calling it a rumor over here. Oh, okay. Will it be a new flagship, an iPhone mini competitor, both? That was the subtext of the headline. Oh. Sony has, in a very low-key way, just announced that its upcoming Xperia event will be on April 14th. The news comes from the Xperia YouTube channel's banner. I see. So it is official at this point. Where it lays out, there will be a new product announcement happening at 4.30 p.m. Japan Standard Time. Not super helpful for us because that's 3.30 a.m. in the Eastern yeah. Standard Time. What do you think? Are we going to have to stay up for that? Are we going to do a live stream? A live stream on yeah, 3, 3.30? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, why not? Hit us up, Sony. Figure something out. 
Uh, there's no hints on the banner other than the time, but many are expecting an Xperia 1.3, like a flagship device. Mm -hmm. And it does seem to make sense timing-wise. There's a rumor that they're going to have a periscope zoom lens, which I guess would be a first for them. You know I've been a fan of this stuff. I like what they're doing with the cameras and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I certainly like the variety of applications they put in a phone for the pro cinema and the pro photo. And really they pull it from the from their mirrorless system, mm -hmm. the styles on there. And the mirrorless system, oh my God, we're all about the Sony mirrorless system in this studio. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you a thing or two. We have a couple of them. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. Mo wouldn't even be Mo without these. Look at this. Look at this right here. You understand what this is, Will? You understand what this can do? This little guy right here, talking about 8K right here, doesn't, uh -huh. even, doesn't even overheat. Yeah. Talking about 8K, 30 frames. Yeah. This little guy right here, just casually on the desk. Uh -huh. It's a Sony A1, and Mo wouldn't be Mo without it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the heating, too. At least he's got the hat, you though. Know? Or the cooling there. The heating or the cooling. Yeah. The heating I mean, and the streaming cooling. streaming for like two hours, you know? Us? Yeah. This in, show? In the past, yeah. This piece of garbage? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, uh, Sony's doing things with the cameras, really and they might as well do it with the with the smartphones. I mean, it's kind of along the lines of the first story of the day, how I was saying I like to have options, I like to have players. Another thing they do that's unusual, they do the super high-resolution displays on their devices, 4K displays, and they do that uncommon aspect ratio as well the like super slim thing that's going on. Mm -hmm. So I've been a fan of the stuff in the past. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what they're talking about on April 14th. We don't have to wait too long. The other rumor is that uh, they may be looking at a mini model. It might be more than one thing to, to target the iPhone mini crowd. Although mm. the mini iPhone didn't seem to sell all that well. So I don't know, but I, I guess these things are being planned out so far in advance. Um, it's expected to have a Snapdragon 888, 12 gigs of memory, 5G, and a 4K 120 hertz display. So I don't know about that. I don't know about you, but you could probably get down with those specs. Yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Xperia phones are pretty, uh, pretty unique, I guess. Because they work with uh, Sony cameras too, right? Never seen you like this before. I mean, you know, I'm excited. I'll check it out. Keep it together over there. All right. Here's another thing for you to get excited about. Apparently, the next iPhone SE is going to feature a 4.7-inch display, hmm. which is not that exciting because it already has a 4.7-inch display. Hmm. But then the second part of this rumor is that the 2023 version is going to have a hole punch. <laughs> okay. Imagine replaying the 2023 version. I like it actually reading this because I went down to the top comment. And a guy knocked it out of the park. Right over here. Shout out Alexander. Nothing on the 2024 version. <laughs> 33 votes up. Yeah, well done, Alexander. But it is a cool little render. Admit that. Oh, yeah. To see an iPhone like that with this slim and trim bezel and a little hole punch. 
I don't know. Some people hate the whole punch. I like the whole punch. I don't I don't mind it at all. If you're going to have any kind of punch. <laughs> fruit punch. Yeah. Delicious. Then then have a whole punch if you're going to have some kind of punch. On the side or in the middle? Yeah, put it in a side. It's fine. The side? Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I just like to imagine an iPhone SE or an affordable iPhone that has this design. That's just. That's very cool. That would be so cool. At $399 is what they're selling right now. They would move a lot of units. I mean, if they could move the units they moved at $399 with the old design, mm -hmm. imagine a rethink of such a thing. Mm -hmm. Now, I know they don't want to cannibalize the other stuff because I feel like that phone would cannibalize the other stuff. Yeah. Like or how, having it look this cool. If it was that cool, why are you going to buy an iPhone 12? Exactly, yeah. 13 or whatever it is in 2027, you know. But anyway, so these are the rumors. I, I think that design looks really cool. But you're going to have to wait for that. The uh, other key component here is just if you had a, like been wondering if the iPhone SE would be the same form factor or if they might scale it up. Apparently, an LCD leak is pointing at the next LCD iPhone SE remaining at 4.7 inches in 2022. Mm. It will also supposedly get 5G. This is just a rumor. And sub-6 gigahertz as well. And then maybe a 6.1 inch version with the punch hole rather than a notch in 2023. Oh. I know you like to keep, I know you like to be ready for 2023. Well, <laughs> can't even think about 2023. Yeah. Sheesh, man. Rumors, rumor sites. Mm -hmm. You're going to like this one though. How about a MacBook pro custom water cooling setup? Mm. Because they get the, you know, the Intel stuff, it can get hot fans. Yeah. Maybe if you're in a hot climate. Or mining. Hey, it's not easy to mine on a MacBook. I'll tell you that right now. Oh. Did but, you... I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> Did you uh, see the uh, Game Boy mining rig? I feel like I saw maybe in my news feed. I didn't click on it. Yeah. Maybe I saw it. And take like a trillion years to mine a big one. Yeah, so it's... Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. Yeah. Kind of cool, though. Sure. It actually had it working. Actually, I feel the same way about this one. I think there's a lot of commenters that are like, you're out of your mind. Why would you water cool a MacBook Pro, you idiot? Like, that's what people are saying. But it's kind of part of it is just a project. Yeah. Yeah, it's you just know? a fun project. I mean, Have you, fun with it. you were telling me earlier you're trying to, like, build a frame for a, a puzzle. Yeah. yeah. And, and and you're like, well, if I, if I do this or if I do that and... Some people would say, You're, what are you trying to do here? Yeah, a waste of time. <laughs> exactly. And you would say, no, no, I'm enjoying this. Yeah. So it's fine. You know? I mean, it's it's weird. Isn't it weird how we evaluate the use of time? Like mm. a, as if this one is a waste, but if you, oh, I don't know, if you watched the Godzilla movie, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. If you spend two hours framing your puzzle, you're an idiot. If you watch Godzilla, it's okay. Yeah. It's like, wait a sec. I don't know that that's commensurate. In mm -hmm. fact, you could maybe make an argument that Puzzle Man was better off. Sure, yeah. I would say it's 100% better. Well, there you the go. Puzzle and it's Man. coming from a guy who watched and enjoyed Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, I did both. <laughs> you did both? Well, I'm, I'm trying to do both. I watched Godzilla. At the but... same time? <laughs> maybe. <I don't> know. <laughs> well, yeah. I would like to do the framing thing. Anyway, this guy apparently got some... It's funny you mentioned mining because some of the components he used were minor blocks from AliExpress that oh, were yeah. originally uh, for Bitcoin ASIC miners. Oh. 
And anyway, he rigged up this thing and was able to make all the important contact points on the bottom of the MacBook Pro. And his, his, his reason for doing this actually was because he was doing so much conferencing at home. And then the fans would rev up and it would screw up the microphone and the sound of it. Oh, it gets that hot? The Intel? Yeah. Well, I guess you have an Intel that does it. But, but we keep it so cold in here, Well, That's true. You got to understand in a hot climate. Mm-hmm. You know, in here, we're in a refrigerator. Yeah. That's why we look so young. <laughs> <laughs> Semi-cryogenic. This is frozen. cryo. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, fun little project over here. You can go check it out for yourself. I mean, Will's got some cool imagery, actually. Look at yeah. this rig. Unbelievable. Had to put a, some thermal pads on there so the thing would effectively move heat. Yeah, wow, a nice, little project, uh, man. Little project, man. Look at the benchmarks. It's a fun project. Yeah. Stop it, everybody. Uh, another thing MacBook related, I don't think this has to do with heat, but I don't know if you saw this particular recall, but, or not, maybe not a recall. It was a class action lawsuit. I don't know if it ever led to a recall. So there's a class action lawsuit that will go forward for defective MacBook displays. Now, few people sent me pictures uh, of them having this particular issue. It's like this weird effect at the bottom of the display, um, which looks like little spotlights. Is that light leaking? No, it's apparently an issue with one of the cables. Oh, uh, it's like pinching? A, fr a fragile display cable. Oh. Yeah. And anyway, so what happened? People were complaining. I don't know how many. Nobody knows how many. Maybe Apple knows how many. And they decided to put a case together. And then the judge looked, I guess, at the at the lawsuit and said, yeah, you're right. Apple knew it was selling defective MacBook displays. That's what the judge says here. But as is the case with a lot of problems, they, I mean, they can't just immediately change the model. Like they fix it the next time around, but they can't. Yeah. I mean, it's been so many examples of problems like that where they'll like fix your problem, but not fix the design flaw. They'll give you another yeah. one out of warranty or something. Supply chain is always slower. Yeah, you got engineers and yeah, drawings and it's a lot. So it just can't really be as fast. And are they supposed to stop selling the product completely when it's working for a certain portion of the people? You know, it's tough. But anyway, this uh, this class action lawsuit will now go forward. So that makes, as far as those MacBooks are concerned, you got the display issue and you had the keyboard issue with the butterfly key switches which I did experience that problem on a number of occasions, but who cares? It's M1 time now. Mm -hmm. We don't have to go over all this. T Tim's sitting there. He's saying it's M1 time now. Yeah. Talk to me about this. Changed we moved the, on. Changed the game. We moved on. Yeah. And so speaking of moving on, actually, Tim sent a memo to employees. He's feeling great. I don't know if you can tell. If you look at this image of him, he's feeling great. He's never been better. Okay. He see, he's sensing a huge opportunity here as he looks in the distance. He sent out a memo to Apple employees. On April 1st, 1976, a company was formed in Cupertino to create transformative products that redefine, redefine what technology can achieve and make people's lives better in the process. 
45 years later, we mark this occasion by rededicating ourselves to that mission hmm. and to keeping it alive for a long time to come rather than to remember it fondly as something past. Hmm. I mean, he went deep on the people today. Mm -hmm. I guess it's their 45 year anniversary and he wanted to send something out to all the employees there. He did reference the M1 chip and 5G iPhones in the message. In an email like this one, to mark a much earlier anniversary shortly after I joined Apple, Steve said, speaking about Steve Jobs, that's how long Tim Cook's been around, it's been an amazing journey so far, yet we have barely begun. And then he goes on to say, still true, remember that none of us will be here for the end of this story, but it's on all of us to make sure it's one worth telling. You wouldn't expect him to go that hard. Do you think he wrote that? Why not? Had some like proofreaders. Hey, you don't think Tim can put that together? Uh, does he have time? Look at that picture. That's all he's doing right there in that picture. He's putting it together, man. In his mind. Mm hmm. It's on all of us to make sure it's one worth telling. Well, it's very poetic. Okay. And, uh, go ahead. It's, yeah, it's a nice, thoughtful letter to employees to motivate them. A little motivation. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Coming off of COVID and coming back into the office. For and sure. Trying to get people pumped up. Yeah. Let's do something. Mm -hmm. So I think it does a trick there, but I mean, this is a company. Apple's a company. They've been doing it. You hear these numbers like 45 years, you're like, damn. 45 years to get to this point. And also, when you hear something at the end there, none of us will be here to see the end of this story. Whoa. It's kind of like a timeless. Whoa. Feel. If I imagine I come in the office, I'm like, none of us. Like I'm talking about this company. I'm like, none of us will be here to witness the end of this story. You guys would be like, easy, man. Yeah. Sheesh. Otis poops on the ground. <laughs> We're like, yes. <laughs> I wonder if dogs are allowed at work <laughs> at Apple. Uh, Probably not. Yeah. In that big loop thing there is probably a some kind of uh, I'm sure there's a lot of place to run yeah they had a leave huge leave them out in like the middle it's the a great question part. if anybody knows let us know but I isn't there yeah it feels like a very sterile place like yeah. there would not be a lot of germs anywhere dogs are pretty it definitely can't be like a one to one ratio of dog humans like here <laughs> is that what we got we got a one to one right. ratio yeah yeah not most days not most days no no no, but it's hectic when there's oh, a whole house. Oh, baby. It's just out of control, to be oh, honest. Oh, yeah. Well, the people that watch this show, they've experienced it in the past when it actually goes bananas. Yeah. And there's the barking and the, and Will, you get, you can't stand it. You get stressed right out. There's a lot of controls here. And then the Mission show. control, the, HQ. The show gets disrupted and you're like looking for where, you're like, yeah. get over here. Yeah. Right here, buddy. <laughs> right beside. <laughs> oh no, don't be I mean, there. He's hiding under there right now. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. No, no, no. Otis is a good dog. Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh oh, is oh, no. Microsoft about to become the next Netflix, the Netflix of gaming. Hmm. That's the headline. This is a free account, by the way, seeking alpha. You just have account. to, you just have to, yeah, you just well, gotta. Well, I gotta make an account. It will take two seconds, Will. It's gonna be worth it, man. Hold on. 
Continue with Google. Why don't you? Could a Discord deal make Microsoft the Netflix of gaming? You know, there's been the rumors they could acquire Discord and kind of piece together this really uh, strategic position inside of gaming because they got the Game Pass stuff going on. Mm. So they have this subscription. Obviously, they got the hardware with the new Xbox. They bought the software company, mm. which uh, let me try to remember the name of software. I know Bethesda, but that's not the name of the software company, which Bethesda is part of. What's the name of it? Well, scroll down a little bit. Uh, oh, Zenimax. So they paid 7.5 billionaires. So content, you got content. Hmm. Uh, Discord is 100 million monthly active users. Oh no, 100 million monthly active users of Xbox Live. What? As a community, aside from what Discord can add, wow, you got 100 million users on Xbox Live. That's a big number. 18 million paid subscribers to Xbox Game Pass, priced $10 to $15 a month. Some nice passive income there. <laughs> What's weird about this is that they shut down Mixer because Mixer was kind of being their stream thing. And mm -hmm. I build on that a little bit quick. But anyway, they seem primed to uh, figure something out with Discord. Discord enables voice, video, and chat functionality among users on dedicated servers. Launched for gamers. Could be used for anything, actually. So... Some some individuals are speculating that once they piece this whole thing together, it will be your one-stop shop for gaming. Mm -hmm. And the other interesting play is the in the cloud. Yeah. You know that Microsoft has a cloud thing going on. Is Azure. It still called X Cloud? No, no. Azure. I'm talking about their cloud business. Oh. Yeah. Their enterprise stuff, which they comp compete with Google and Amazon. Yep. And What's interesting here is that Discord is currently on Google's cloud setup. So they oh. can take a shot at Google by moving that significant amount of business over to Azure. Mm. So there's some little games in there. You know? Anyway, I, don't, I, I think that it would be hard to achieve a Netflix status in gaming, but I think it's where, where it should go. Mm -hmm. I think it's what we should have. I think if I'm just imagining, never mind all the problems, I realize there's people looking here saying, you can't do it because uh, uh, frame rates and lag and resolution and uh, bandwidth and yeah, there's going to be challenges. But just imagine if all the technical challenges were out the way and you just were able, like Netflix, to put any game on instantly and play it at any time mm -hmm. and never have to download anything, store anything, and to pay a monthly amount. Like, it would just be so much fun. I think I would game a lot more myself. Yeah. There's something around the commitment level of, oh, I'm buying this game. You know, it, it makes it, there's friction at the front end. If it's a really high-profile game, sure. But. Well, the, the whole installing and patching. Yeah. Just waiting. That sucks. I think everybody knows that that's not ideal, but I think yeah. it's actually more the friction around picking something mm. where it's, it's, you don't want to, you know, you're less likely to take a risk on a game or a title that you wouldn't have played otherwise. Mm -hmm. And when you, if you can just turn it on and go, all of a sudden you might bump into an experience where you're like, Oh, that exceeded my expectations. Sure. 
those are those are nice experiences when that can happen. Mm. Of course, in the old days, you could just like rent a game. When I was a youngster, mm-hmm. that'd be very exciting. Just like renting movies, mm-hmm. you would go and rent a game you have for seven days. Yeah. Do you extend it? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. The game rental. Why didn't the game rental come to the Xbox and PlayStation stores, uh, where you could have you could rent a game for seven days? I don't know. I guess because uh, I like how I'm making this your problem. Yeah, I don't know. I guess the economics don't work. Nobody would buy them. Everyone would just rent them, beat them, and then maybe. So yeah. we actually had a better deal when we were young. That you could go rent the game from the physical blockbuster or whatever it was. Yeah. I guess a lot of these games now are multiplayer. Oh man, they made all kinds of moves because of the online and everything. Like they're trying to monetize in all these different ways. Yeah. But there is something that was lost there in the fact that you could try a lot of games with a lower commitment level. I guess yeah. you have demos. Do they do they give out demos anymore? Well, there are some demos. Some demos. But it's yeah. Yeah. What are we doing? We're lamenting here? Mm-hmm. That would be cool, a cool game service though. Right? Yeah. The Netflix of gaming. Wouldn't you would you subscribe to such a thing? Uh I'm You're not right. that much of a gamer. Yeah, neither am I. Yeah. Maybe someone will. No, I'm One saying person. it would it might make me a gamer again. Sure. No, you don't believe it. Well, that's what they're doing, right? The streaming service. That's what they all want to do, yeah. Stadia. That's what they all want to do. Uh, Xiaomi is taking some heat, some online jokes about its new logo. <laughs> are they offended? Oh, no, people are just, people just said, I, you're telling me you spent years and $300,000 US on that logo? Oh. People are saying it's goofy that they got scammed because all that happened was the square became a squircle. Oh, they got scammed? Well, not scammed, but they're saying like you overpaid for that. They paid $305,000. That's a report. Right. Yeah. To go from the logo on, that you're seeing on the right to the logo you're seeing on the left. What's this thing? That's like the inspiration. <laughs> That's the inspiration? Including a logo redesign from Spanish luxury fashion brand. Oh. Um, Subtle it follows a long tradition. I don't know. Yeah. Like, in other words, what they're trying to showcase here is that a lot of brands redo their logo, but very subtly. Sure. Yeah. That's what they're trying to show here. But the top comment on Weibo was somebody who says, I think Boss Lay got scammed. And I have 4,000 likes. I suggest... Xiaomi, call the police. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I mean, they obviously knew what they were buying, and apparently uh, the designer of the logo, very famous, by the way, Will. You're going to know this guy. You're going to know this designer mm. because that designer is from uh, that store that you like to go to. Store I like to go to? Yeah, the Japanese one. No, no, no. Uh, Muji? Yeah. <laughs> Muji? Muji. <laughs> yeah. Oh. By the name of... Where's the name of this person? Mm, 
I'll tell you, I'm not crazy. I read that. Um, Hara? Kenya Hara? Kenya Hara, that's who it was. I don't know why I can't find it in this. Uh, there we go. Lay confirmed that the company started its search for a new design in 2017. All the way back then, ultimately enlisting the help of renowned designer Kenya Hara, the art director of Japanese retailer Muji. Hmm. I'm realizing now this, I said, I said you would know him. I don't know. This could be a female as well. The name Kenya. Right. We should look for a picture so then we know what we're talking about here. Kenya Hara. They said they were working on it for, no, it's a dude. Okay. They said they were working on it for three years. And they I said, see. finally, a design moved us. <laughs> um, oh, I, okay, listen. okay, okay. We're going to listen. We're, we're going to listen. Three years. Uh, making a logo is hard, especially for such a high-rated manufacturer and brand. Um. I would like to see their process. They don't show the process. Show the process. It's like three years in the making. The, in, there's a five-minute pre-recorded video which played at the event, which included Hara, the designer. He okay. said he sought the best shape combining a circle and square by extensively studying both shapes and applying mathematical equations. Sure. Um. <laughs> what do you mean, sure, man? No, I mean like... Uh, so to me, it's just like, okay, like looking at the two logos, like what, three years to do this, <laughs> like coming from a background of logo design. Like I, I do like to see the process Wait a second. of thinking of it. Wait a second. <laughs> Can you repeat what you just said? Uh, I do have a background. In logo Easy. <laughs> Holy. You think in you're just going to sneak my, uh, that in there? One of my lives there. You're going to sneak that in there? Coming from a background of logo design. But you, yeah, I mean... You like, thought that people uh, weren't going to notice when you said that. There is an appreciation there for logo design. Yes. Um, at the very least. Yeah, but you're also on the Muji stuff. <laughs> what does that have to do with it? Well, that? I'm just saying you're a fan of this guy in other ways. He's the creative uh, sure. director of the entire I, thing. I didn't know that he designed it. So um, now you're conflicted. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. Show the process. Let's just see it. Well, Let's they did. See what his they did show that. They it. did show that big uh, screenshot of like 47 squirkles. Right. Yeah. That wasn't good enough for you? No, he has to justify it. <laughs> well, he doesn't have to. No. But no. It would be nice to. You you sending out ultimatums <laughs> to Kenya? Uh, you better take it easy. Yeah. C come on. This guy's been uh, doing stuff. Send me the PDF. And as far like the three hundred grand, actually for me is less of a less of a surprise than the three years. Hmm. I would think you're gonna pay the guy three hundred grand. I don't like what happened in three years. That's the squirkle. The squirkle must have been a really early proposal. Like okay, with a square circle mix, uh, because Samsung has all kinds of logos that are like that. Mm -hmm. The squirkle. With their apps mm -hmm. and things like that. So I don't, it would have been on the table super early. So, but wouldn't you want to see the coming of this, uh, this final design? 
the thought. Well, but but, but what can you really show? You rounded the corners. No, but his mindset in doing it. Well, that's what he did in a five-minute video. Oh. The five-minute video is very artistic. It might even be black and white. I don't know. And, 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 and you can see he's like a tormented designer. You know he's what I mean? constantly sweating. Yeah, he's just like, he's just like, you know, I studied, I studied. It's like the, it was like the Samsung video on the black or when you hear Johnny Ive talk. Sure. It was like, yeah. we meticulously uh, chamfered things and it's like that. Yeah. I know what those stories look like. I know how that video clip looks. Yeah. I'll just say I like the squircle. I'll just put that part out there. Like, More so than the Yeah, if I have to pick be, if I have to pick between those two, I will take the Squircle. Okay. So I'm just going to put that out there. I'll say it's an improvement and honestly for a company like Xiaomi, 300 grand, so what? It's more than 3 years that they may have been irritated by. Mm -hmm. Like, hey dude. <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> it's been a year now. Yeah. Uh, you know. So. Yeah. Anyway. Never saw you like that before, Will. Well. I never, uh, I never imagined you'd I'm a be passionate guy. I never imagined that you would be, uh, um, so moved by this. No, oh, sorry. No, like, uh, flexing like that. As far as the background is concerned. <laughs> well, you know, the people who didn't passionate guy. No, they weren't prepared for the flex when you're like, when you're like, you know, I'm sorry, I've got a background in. I've got a, from, coming from, you know, you were like coming from a background in, in logo design. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's ready for that. So I've been talking about watches, smart watches. How about I show you a Casio G-Shock watch, which is about to be the beefiest, most robust Android Wear device you've ever seen in your entire life. I mean, Will Saddleberg uses the word chonkiest. Which is kind of weird. Not chunkiest, chonkiest. Yeah, I think it's a meme. It's a meme, okay. Yeah. Thank you for explaining the memes. Yeah. You have a, do you have an extensive background in that? Uh, not this one, no. <laughs> Maybe soon. I'm studying it. So, uh, Casio, obviously, huge history on, on rugged watches. Usually just a digital watch. Nothing smart about it. They've been doing it for ages. It was the watch I wore as a kid. It was the watch I wore as a teenager. I was loving that stuff. Um, and then they got to figure out how to modernize it. They got this Wear OS device. They, had, I, they, they have had Wear devices in the past, but they never made an actual G-Shock. They never called it a G-Shock. This mm. is the G-Shock, which is about time. So the G-Shock comes into the 21st century, massive GSW-H1000. Wow. It will be 19.5 millimeters thick and 103 grams. You remember how we were talking about Apple was targeting its headset to be 150 grams? Mm. This is a watch. That's 103 grams. Wow. It's a beast. I love it. I, 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 mean, I will get one of these. It looks rugged. I will get one of these. Is it a LCD screen or something? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's just so it has a low power. This is what I like actually. So it's a full out smartwatch, fitness, all this stuff in it. Android Wear, but it has a long battery mode as well. So you can you can use it in like a full smartwatch setting, and it'll give you like two days of battery life, or a day and a half, or whatever it is. Or you turn on uh, power saving mode, and you can get I think like a month. Cool. Yeah, it has a dual-layer display. 
with a full color LCD, which is underneath an always on monochrome LCD, mm. which shows the time. This thing looks like a armor. Absolutely. <laughs> just, just armor. <laughs> Absolutely. I can, you can cool. bang that thing. You can scratch that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you opt, if you turn off the smart aspect of it and you just go to the grayscale mode, it will go to a month of battery. Oh, wow. So that's what I like because then I can just do smartwatch yeah. stuff when I want. And then if I'm not using it for a few days or a week, I'm talking about the fitness stuff or the smartwatch stuff. Perfect. I'll put it in grayscale mode. Just leave it there for a while. Uh -huh. So I'm getting this watch is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It, uh, you had G-Shocks before. All right? of them. So It's got 24 indoor workouts on there and uh, tracking support for 15 activities. Run, cycle. Uh, it can also track reps for weightlifting. It can go in the water. They got a nice little promo video. It will not be cheap. $699. Mm. But I don't know. What did you expect? You looked at it. Not that much, I guess. You probably expected $399. Yeah. What about the Polar watches? How much do they cost? Yeah, you can go up to around five, six hundred. Oh, yeah. You can okay. go up to it, but the entry level stuff's a lot cheaper. But it doesn't look this cool. I mean, G G-Shock is cool on its own, even without Android Wear being added to it. Right. Like you already pay a couple hundred bucks. So it's tough for them to figure out pricing because mm. they sell watches that just tell you the time. Mm -hmm. And they're already a little bit pricey. Either way, I just love the aesthetic of it. I don't know what it is. It's just maybe it's nostalgia. I've had those things. Mm. Uh, this next article, these are the world's most valuable tech companies and how they're, uh, what is it, their market cap, their worth compares to the GDP of popular countries. So Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, exactly, and Facebook. The question is, do they have too much power? Here's how they compare financially to the richest countries in the world. So... First of all, I just need to say, because this article doesn't, doesn't do it, and so there could be a misconception here. It's not that the company is more valuable than the country. He's comparing a net worth to a GDP, hmm. which is a yearly thing. So just keep that in mind. But either way, it's still interesting. So here we see how Apple at $2.2 is ahead of Italy, Brazil. There's Canada at $1.8 trillion. Now, it is, it's a net worth. It's still impressive, by the way. You can see all the different countries where the GDP, the yearly GDP, is less than the net worth of Apple. Mm. Italy, Brazil, Canada, Russia, South Korea, Australia, Spain, Mexico, etc. And if you scroll down a little bit, you can see a couple of other companies compared. Microsoft is at $1.8 But, of course, the breakdown is exactly the same. You can see the countries with the GDP bigger then Microsoft, the United States, Brazil, China, India, Japan, UK. It's all color-coded right. kind of infographic. That's nice. Yeah, it's nice. But you don't really need all these graphs because you're just toggling it down to the value of each company, mm -hmm. the net worth of each company. I mean, in this case, it's Amazon, so now you lost Canada. Canada has a mm. higher GDP than the net worth of Amazon, but... There, there are just different ways you could display this, but of course, I like maps, so. Yeah. So that's fine. What do you think about this? Are these companies too big, Will? Um, 
No. Okay. No. Well said. I don't know if you caught this. Uh, Ethereum kind of ether hit yeah. a record today. Yeah, I was watching the. Uh, you were watching it. Yeah, <laughs> it was doing pretty good. It's just rising. Why, why is this? Are you invested in this stuff? No, it's just usually I see it correlate with Bitcoin. Um, okay. But for some reason, Ethereum is kind of off in its own branch recently. It's flying. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what it's at right now. We might as well do a time of filming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are definitely in, in all-time high territory. Yeah, we're all-time high on that yeah. baby. So so you can kind of see some dips in Bitcoin. Usually it's like almost one-to-one, -one, yeah. but Ethereum's just flying right now. Yeah, it's up 6.19% last 24 hours. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people who have a stock in it. Well, the, I think the question. Uh, I've been watching it since this morning, and I was curious. As, I was curious as well. Obviously, we've had the NFT stuff, and yeah. then we had the Visa announcement mm -hmm. that they're that they, they were going to be relying on uh, Ethereum blockchain. I suppose the question becomes, what else is at play as far as this six and a half percent gain on one single day? I heard a uh, Cuban made an announcement saying that he owns a lot of Ether. Hmm. I think that that was like today. You feel like that bounced that, that or or that uh, pumped it up a little bit? I think so. Yeah, here we have a uh, couple reasons Ethereum is about to skyrocket. Superstar artist Damien Hurst to sell 10,000 NFTs using a new Ethereum technology called Palm. I mean, people are just getting involved, man. People, there's hype. Mhm. Mm there is certainly hype. This is the this is the thing you were talking about. Yeah, Mark Cuban on his own cryptocurrency por portfolio. I own a lot of Ethereum because I think it's the closest to a true currency. This was yesterday. There now you go. yesterday was April Fools. So who knows? Mm, the old April Fools. But I think this could have helped. Yeah. Let's see what the Motley Fool says. Here are three reasons Ethereum is about to skyrocket. Visa adoption. Well, we talked about that one. Yesterday, payments juggernaut Visa announced it would start settling transactions in cryptocurrency. The company has partnered with Crypto.com to pilot a settlement layer based on the Ethereum network. Okay, that's good. NFTs, we already talked about it. That's all Ethereum-based. And then supply cut, which we've talked about a little bit here. That's the idea that uh, some Ethereum would be burn burned mm. and gone out of circulation. So unlike uh, a supply chain where you just have a limited amount, yeah. what if every transaction you're actually effectively getting rid of some? Mm. That's even hotter. Yeah. And that's supposed to happen with EIP-1559. That's the controversial thing that miners are, don't know how to feel about. Anyway, regardless... The network is poised for higher demand and lower supply. You know how these things go. You start burning the stuff up. Shout out Ethereum. That's yeah. that's actually my crypto of choice as well. I mean, I might as well put it on there. Yeah. So, I'm in there. You're playing the game? I'm in there a little right. bit. I don't know. Nike wins its lawsuit over the Satan Shoes mischief. Lil Nas X. That didn't take long. <laughs> It's Nike, man. You want to go toe-to-toe? -to -toe? Yeah, you're fighting an empire right there. You want to go toe-to-toe? -to -toe? Yeah. 
I didn't think so. Mischief produces shoes in collaboration with Lil Nas X. There were 666 pairs. Nike claimed it was trademark infringement, and they asked a federal court in New York to stop Mischief from selling his shoes. So Mischief had to go out there and, and basically say, okay, the last pair we were going to give away, we won't do that. But what about the other 665, which is what I was wondering. They were sold. They were sold shipped. and shipped. Yeah. However, this thing reaches further than that because you have some secondary market types that wanted to buy these to resell them. Mm. And guess what? The listings are being taken down. Oh, really? Now, what do you think happens to the price of this? If you can't even get it on the secondary market, if it's, let's say it's pulled down from eBay and StockX and GOAT, then does the price go up or down? Because now you don't have a marketplace to move it, but it's also so much more rare. Yeah. You had to sell it in real life. You had to meet somebody on Craigslist or whatever. Sure. Can it be sold as a NFT? Can it? I mean, it's physical, but. Uh, 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 I, yeah, I guess. In the market there? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Did I make a revelation? <laughs> Seem very surprised there. Well, no, it's just, it's just, uh, I don't know how lawsuits would affect NFTs because I believe if Nike has established this in a federal court that it's an infringement. Oh, I can't even go to the site. No, no, you can, but that's the site right now. It's taken down. The following is an official. This is what I said was going to happen. Well, I guess it's, I'm, it's no genius to figure it out. The following is an official statement regarding a court case between Mischief and Nike. Mischief is a concept, conceptual art collective known for interventions that engage fashion, art, tech, and capitalism in various often unexpected mediums. Okay, this is them talking about it themselves. We believe it's better to make art that participates directly, blah, blah, blah. Over a year ago, we released the Jesus Shoes, and Nike didn't sue us. <laughs> it doesn't say that. And then last week, we did the Satan Shoes, started a conversation while also living natively in its space. It is art created for people to observe, speculate on, purchase, and own Heresy only exists in relation to doctrine. Who is Nike to censor one but not the other? Satan is as much a part of the art historical canon as Jesus. From Renaissance hell mouths to Milton, Satan exists as the challenger to the ultimate authority. We were delighted to work with Lil Nas X on Satan's shoes and continue this dialogue. We are not affiliated with Nike as we have consistently iterated. To the press, we were honestly surprised by the action Nike has taken, and immediately after Nike's counsel sent surprised. us <laughs> notice, we reached out but received no response. Oh, boy. Mischief strongly believes in the freedom of expression, and nothing is more important than our ability and our ability of other art and the ability of other artists like us. We look forward to working with Nike and the court to resolve this case in the most expeditious manner. Given the current circumstances, this action by Nike will also prohibit Lil Nas X's Twitter giveaway for Satan Shoes Edition 666 from happening indefinitely. We appreciate everyone's patience and continued support during this process. So I think 
actually will, and I'm not certain about this, but I think that whatever Nike was able to achieve in New York federal court would actually apply to NFTs. Hmm. That if it is a trademark infringement, I would assume trademarks go there too, where the judge would say to whichever site was hosting the auction. Now, if you did it privately, go for it. Right. But there's something about the, there's something about the auction that you feel would drive the price up. Mm -hmm. I'm really curious to see what happens to the 665 pairs that are out there, mm -hmm. where they end up. But for the time being, it appears uh, it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough one for those people that had intended on reselling them right away. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be as easy as it might have been if this didn't take place. Now, it is, it, as far as the rest of it, while it's in court, I don't know what Nike's going to claim as the damages. Is it enough that it's no longer being sold, or are they going to take it to another level? What's this going to mean for mischief? It doesn't seem like Lil Nas X is involved at this point. I mean, he didn't make them. Mm -hmm. He was just sort of a collaborator. Mischief was a company retailing it, and it looks like they're going to have to uh, deal with the consequences of that and go head-to-head -head with Nike, so... Mm -hmm. We'll have to wait and see what takes place, but uh, at least the initial part, the initial lawsuit has been won by the looks of it, mm. I guess. Didn't take long. Finally, YouTubers can swear without risking demonetization. Go ahead, Will. Let's hear it. <laughs> no, you say something. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> no, this Instant demonetization. This, uh, somehow we've managed with this show to keep it together. I know. It's kind of amazing I, considering, yeah, considering how many words we put down, but yeah. navigating YouTube's rules for monetization is a big headache. Yeah, we know that. Previously, YouTube allowed light profanity, like hell or damn, in monetized videos. Now, though, YouTube will allow moderate profanity, like the S word and the B word, in the first 30 seconds of the video, as well as infrequent strong profanity and censored profanity further into the video. Oh. Now, okay. I hear you, YouTube, but I don't really quite believe you. I'm sure you're going to leave the monetization logo green, but I got to believe that you're just going to get better at actually identifying to advertisers whether or not a word like that exists in, the, in, in that content. Because who's going to go through... We already, when we look at analytics, we just see how much money a video makes. It's kind of... Uh, foggy it's like oh that video made that much that one made that much like mm. are you going to know if it's strictly subject matter related if it's inventory related auction related or did you say some of these words and they were on some list of some group of companies avoiding it which mm. lowered the auction for the ads on your particular do you see what i'm saying mm. is it the type of thing where yes you can do it but there will be some sort of shadow disadvantage just a thought I'm putting out there. Will YouTube let you This know? is all speculation. Holy moly. I could sense the... Uh, uh, Just say it. Dude. I could sense like a note coming my way. Like, hey, Lou, yeah, yeah, you misrepresented what's going on here. And, Just say uh, this word. We want you to update your audience about the fact that they can say what they want and there will be no consequences. I'm just saying there's a lot of cryptic stuff in this business. Well, does YouTube... Would, would they tell you? That you said this word. No, but their system, like, their system, their transcoding, si bucks. their their transcoding system is so good now. They know all the words in there. 
Right, but would it automatically like, would it like minus some sort of monetization? No, no. What I'm saying is, I could be an advertiser and potentially pick from a pool of videos, click a profanity button, and then as the content creator, you still have the green check mark, like, "Oh, I'm making money." But in you would never know that you made half of what you were supposed to because you had f bombs all through. That's it. what I'm saying. Is YouTube gonna like let the creator? Know? No, of course not. No, absolutely not. I'm gonna let you know. You have, think about this for a second. You have a yellow badge or a green badge. And you're like, woo. Like to that what? simple. Yeah, you can't see. Yeah. It's not, there's no breakdown of like. Oh, I thought there was. Which is why certain subject matter, you might be looking at it. People watch this show. They're like, why are you always talking about Apple content? Well, maybe there's some sort of incentive to do so. Maybe if I upload an Apple video, here's what the other advertisers on pre-roll are willing to pay against the Apple keyword compared to some other keyword or some other topic. You Analytics, can pick, everybody. You can pick topics. Yeah. So I'm just saying I'm skeptical. It is still, it does still feel good because like these words, you do see them in traditional media and it has, everything has loosened up around language. Uh-huh. Here's what they say. Based on creator and advertiser input, we've updated our guidelines to allow more content to become eligible for full monetization. And then they put in brackets green icon while continuing to maintain advertiser industry standards. These changes come as the United States continues to grapple with sensitive issues. Okay. Yeah. So they're saying, yeah, it's, it's all good. Go for it. But I'm skeptical. Well, and let's bring it to the audience. What do they think? They want to. Do you hear, want more uh, profanity? Loose swearing, or you what? want more profanity, less profanity on on YouTube? I mean, this type of rule is going to definitely bring more of it. Yeah, obviously. I don't know. Profanity is an interesting one because once you get going down that path, you can get, uh, you can use it as a crutch. Really, you can use it all the time. Sure. It can just become your in between word. Yes, it becomes so comfortable. I don't mind the challenge of working around it, to be honest. There is a mental battle there. Yeah, the challenge of 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 being considerate and like the way you're phrasing things. I mean, I kind of do that anyway. So sure, but there's a consequence there, which is at times it can feel a little bit less casual as well, mm-hmm. a, little, a little bit more mental pressure there. So mm-hmm. uh, either way, they say this is a change they're going to make. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, apparently they're really listening and getting input from creators because yesterday we were talking about the delete button and and I was looking at the clip. Uh, go to the clip for the delete button real quick because people are getting in a, a bunch of extra... What am I calling it? The delete button? I meant dislike. What did I say? Anyway. Delete. Anyway, it's the dislike button I'm talking about. And here you can see many <laughs> more people than usual chose to dislike... <laughs> Our story about YouTube thinking about killing the dislike button. Now, in that clip, I didn't necessarily say it was a good idea. I was talking about the merit, like the pros and cons, the plus minus on a situation. And the feedback, which the people deserve some feedback. They said, hey, this is just a corporation being a corporation. Mm. This is just a company that is about advertisers and sentiment. And it's just... It's easier to manage the platform and and the power players that are on the platform when you have only likes at your disposal or when you underplay or downplay the dislikes, which really on the content side, nobody wants. But I think one thing I just want to say on this, 
is that I think a lot of audience members are are looking at it from and and obviously so looking at it from the perspective of the consumer, not the producer, because that's what you are. So the, the the vast majority of people are consuming the content and think I love having this option, and it's important, mm-hmm. right? This type of feedback is very important because the audience is satisfied. They come back. The 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 content creator gets to keep creating and so forth. But on the production side, you can't name a person making something that is hoping it will be very disliked. (laughs) It doesn't exist. So the more you make something, the more you start to hear the alternative argument just by nature of the fact that you're you're looking at the thing differently, the feature. You're looking at it from the other side. Mm -hmm. That all that being said, if you forced me to decide if I would prefer it to be there or not be there, I would say I prefer it to be there. Yeah, I agree. So it's 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 not like I was defending the YouTube, uh, well, they haven't made a decision. They're experimenting with it right now. But just to be clear, I wasn't, the video doesn't exist as my uh, approval. I was, I thought it was an interesting thing to discuss and something that people would want to know about. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't endorsing the idea of getting rid of the dislike button. I was yeah. talking about the incentive to do so, the pressure to do so, and the fact that other platforms had done so. I wasn't necessarily saying they should do so. In fact, it's, there are many things about YouTube which are different than other social media. Mm. And that, that might be a good thing. Mm-hmm. And it might be a sad day when, if that thing were to appear this way and w- the actual ratio was to, uh, was to be gone. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't have any control over this. Yeah, for now, let's just embrace it. I don't have any control over this. But, obviously, I feel a little bit better if it's likes instead of dislikes. Obviously, that's kind of the aim Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh godzilla versus kong uh, you watched it i didn't watch it yet apparently it's a big hit 6.7 million dollars added to the box office huge pandemic opening so apparently it's the best yet as far as pandemics pandemic releases are concerned mm-hmm. which has been a tough time for movies but kong's doing all right or godzilla they're and both, kong yeah they're both doing all right they're chilling uh, apparently they uh, they did the HBO Max thing, but they also are in theaters. Theaters are opening up. Well, yeah. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong is stomping to a massive opening weekend at the box office. Added another six point seven million on Thursday, bringing its two day domestic total to sixteen point three million. Through Sunday, the movie could make between thirty million to forty million in ticket sales. Mm. That's not nothing. Yeah. Open I, on open on Wednesday, 9.6 million. Go ahead, Will. This will be a great uh, movie to watch in theaters. Yeah, actually, this, that, that brings me to the next point. In the U.S., 94% of the marketplace has reopened, according to Warner Brothers. Oh, okay. For theaters. Actually, for us here in Canada, it's only 30% oh. of theaters and none of them around here. So you're going to have to wait a little longer to check this out in theater. Yeah. But actually, in the U.S., check your local listings because a lot of theaters apparently you can get there hmm. they're just running the theaters at a reduced capacity oh i see so you're gonna have fewer people in there right but nonetheless it hasn't stopped them from cashing some money and there's other ways you can watch it as well as we mentioned hbo max aspect or you can rent it mm-hmm. it's expensive to rent it but so are movie tickets if you have a nice setup at home you might want to go that route mm-hmm it's quite because you were watching on the OLED as well. You're bragging about. You walked in here, your whole swagger and everything. I was like, man, I didn't get a chance yet. I'm just screaming OLED. 
I didn't get a chance yet. Yeah. So go for it. It's, it's look, a fun movie. It's looking like it's going to be number one. Oh yeah. Do you want to give us a little teaser, but like no spoilers? Uh, I mean, it's a fun monster movie. Yeah. It's really satisfying. It's, it's, uh, one of those movies where you have expectations and it, it holds true. Yeah. Any, is there a twist or no twist? Uh, I don't even want okay, to Okay, don't, don't go into that. There's one thing I do want to know. Is it a somewhat fair fight? Mm, yeah. Because yeah. I knew it would have to be, but I just don't... It's almost everything that you expect it to be, which is good. Willie do. Yeah, go watch it. Willie do. I recommend it. All right, Will, this next one is my favorite story of the day, and I know you can't believe it. Mm. Oh, actually, you have a wild card today. Do I? You do. So I'll what? so so this is might not this your wild card will probably be my favorite, but other than that, this is my favorite. I don't have one though. Yeah, you do. Which one? You were talking about it earlier. I don't remember. <laughs> don't you dare. I don't uh, play this game. I don't remember. Don't play this game with the people. <laughs> don't you dare pull on the, their heartstrings. You know what we were you know what we were talking about. Uh yeah, exactly. You got to remind no, me. No, I don't. Uh, okay. Well, let's just I'll go spoil the wild card. Mo, do you want to tell him what it was? Just whisper. Uh, go whisper in his ear. Oh. Okay. He's yelling what? it from across there. He's spoiling the thing. Know. It was something related to ice cream. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't give me this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, anyway. It's, it was you can hang like on, a, man. Hang on. We're uh, gonna do it after. Geez. We're gonna do it after. No, I had to. I have to explain myself. Yeah, you will. It was more. No, no, you a, will. You uh, will. You will. You will. Well, at that point, you've left already, so I can't explain anything. No, no, to you, any, you, you anyone. will. You will. You will. But I gotta get through this one first because this one's really cool as well. This one is really cool. So I know you really want to get into your own wild card, but can we just get because this one is good? People are gonna like All right, this. Go through with this one. Okay, so this is a pizza vending machine. You know, I love. This kind of thing, like automation and it's like my favorite things. It's like tech and pizza. Cool. Yes. This is a company by the name of Paestro. Paestro, Paestro. You can oh, yeah. say it however. You've heard of this? No, I heard the audio oh, okay. when you were watching the video. Or yes. Something. So this is a vending machine you walk up to. It makes a pizza. It's a whole show. It's really fun. And they just made a partnership with a facial recognition company so that you're going to be able to order it in advance and then authenticate with your face and then pick up your pizza so you don't even have to be there it could just be sitting there ready to go i guess anyway that's not even that's what this press release is about but i got so involved in the vending machine on its own mm. that i i didn't even care about the facial recognition part anymore so click on the next tab over and let's just focus on the Paestro. Look at this thing. You can become an investor in this company right now. How, first of all, oh. how futuristic is that? You just give them a thousand bucks. They got a $12 million valuation. But, wow. Uh, but I like the buy button here. It's very. Uh, what do you think about this web? Yeah, what do you think about centric. this web design right here? Isn't there something about this, the color and yeah. tones and stuff? I don't know. It's very welcoming. Mm -hmm. Anyway, go ahead and play the video. Where's the video? It's a yellow button there. It says play video. Oh, yeah. Here. Yeah. They have all kinds of investor-related stuff like pizza, the pizza market and everything else. Yeah, you can put some volume. It's no secret that the food industry has been going through tremendous changes. We still want restaurant quality food. Look at this. Food. 
but in a much faster, convenient, Look at this. and safer way. The definition of the kitchen and the restaurant... Now, you can pause for a minute. You can pause for a minute. So, obviously, in this case, like, the, the crust was kind of pre-made, and sure. it, it, it's not a pizzeria, but go ahead. Keep going. The definition of the kitchen and the restaurant of the future is changing, and we believe that Paestro is perfectly positioned to help redefine the kitchen of the future. The cheese? The goal of our engineering was to create artisanal pizzeria quality with a Well, I mean, I don't know if it, it doesn't have to actually even be. Family experience to see this high-tech thing that's almost whimsical and fun, spinning your pizza around and moving it up and down. So pause that for a second. Actually, I think that's the best part. To, to watch it happening... Is it goes through the robot yeah. and gets the toppings. So I don't even think you want to order in advance. I think you want to watch it. It's so fast anyway. can kind of see all the ingredients all there and having I, it assembled. I, I do have some questions about like refilling the machines and all that. Yeah, it's going to be a deep clean. It, but, 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 but you can imagine this thing in all kinds of different public environments, social distance, Low contact, yeah. hot pizza, automated robot thing, paestro. No, uh, go ahead, Will. Because you know, so don't make me get started dancing bacons. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, immediately that goes there. Because in Japan, oh, in Japan, they've been doing it. Yeah. All right, they've had hot pizza coming out of vending machines in Japan, but you couldn't watch the whole process. You just saw like a little flame in the back. Right. It and wasn't it's probably a frozen pizza and they're just heating it up actually i'm not sure how they were doing in the japan machine because you couldn't see inside tell, yeah. but the pizza when it was cooked looked half decent but this one it looks even better wait go to the end of the video and watch this pizza watch this pizza look at this pizza no there's a better shot there's a better shot go a little bit earlier i mean she loves the pizza go a little bit earlier earlier there you go no, come on, Will. Yeah. Was that a pizza or what? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. That's All right. Great. So hear me out on this. Uh, the real estate is cheap right now. Hmm. Uh, retail. Everyone's bailing. Pizza is up right now. All it's right. It's always up. Pizza. No, but pizza is especially up right now. Look at the pizza market. 2023, 54 billion. <laughs> okay. So here's what we do. We get some cheap real estate. Get a couple of these. Get get a bunch of those, and you get to come through when everything opens back up, and you get to watch and make your own pizza. You just have like four of these in the space, oh. or it could just be on the DoorDash like a ghost kitchen style. You can right. order a pizza from it as well, and everything's automated. There's not too many things that can go wrong. You have like one employee just refilling ingredients. Look, each pizza takes three minutes to cook from start to finish. Fun and entertaining. Now, I don't know. I got to taste it, what it's capable of. But I'm saying I could get a small retail spot for these guys. Uh, would you rebrand it? 24, can, 24 hours a day. Can you rebrand it? What do you mean rebrand it? Can you call it like uh, Lou's Pizza? Oh, yeah. You call it whatever you want. I mean, the machine is the, the Paestro. I don't oh, know, okay. actually. Can you call it whatever you want? Order ahead, restaurant quality, and, and how much do they want for one of these anyway? Yeah. I'm thinking, actually, though, if it's a pizza in three minutes, you could get you could kick off with just one of them. Yeah. 
So they're saying you should put them in food courts, shopping malls, and university campuses and office complexes. Which I guess is fine, but I don't know. Who's going back to the shopping mall when? I mean, they got one on the beach right there. What if I what if I want to do an entire store just with those that you can come in and do your own experience? Yeah, like a late night, you go in, you don't have to talk to anyone, going with your pajamas. And there's like a, I don't know, a, a drink vending machine right beside. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like we can bring Japan, man. There you go. How much do you think they want for one of those? 10 grand. More. 10 grand, how dare you? Way more. Anyway, we'll have to figure that part out. Are you serious about this? That's That'll right. kind of cool. I can't tell. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's just going to be one right over there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be like, yeah, the whole, the whole real estate thing, like I didn't... I couldn't find it. I didn't find a right spot to lease. It's just right over there. Mo's ordering a pizza. Yeah, it's just for us. Okay, you I mean, pizza? that could be cool too, actually. Just pizza for lunch. All the dogs are just uh, looking at some it. Some tells me you're going to be surprised how expensive it is. But either way, I thought it was really cool. It got me going, as you could tell. But it obviously will pale in comparison to what you're about to bring us. Because... <laughs> <laughs> It was supposed to be a personal hey, uh, discussion. Hey, man. Hey, man. Don't let the people down like this. All right? I have nothing to show. Yes, you do. It was supposed to be a private conversation, and then we <laughs> talked about it. Yo, yo. Mo was included, too. That's fine. Yeah, and then we talked about dogs. It's not, this is not what we're... It changed the dogs. When, when you say to me, hey, have you seen this yet? That is your moment. That's the thing you decided to bring that day. But it was a personal thing. What does that mean? That means it's too good for the people? <laughs> no. Okay, exactly. That's my point. It's not. It's, it's perfect. It's exactly what the segment was designed for. It was for that moment. We say, hey, Lou, have you seen this yet? All right. That is what the wild card round is all about. Well, is to you, give the is to give the people who watched that experience of what it would be like if Willie Do said, "Hey, hey, man, you seen this yet?" But why do you leave though? I mean, that's not nice. Well, no, no, that's actually just to give you more space. Well, that's not good. That's that. Yeah, yeah, that's, <gasps> that's never. Good. That's to allow you to have all the headroom necessary so you can breathe, so that I'm not over here distracting. That's a courtesy thing. Sure, bud. So sure. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, it's oh. a moment you've all been waiting for. I tried to put together a good show, but every time we get to this part, I realize that I can never do what Will does. That I can uh, invest my time, my energy. I can scour the internet and still never find myself where Willie Do finds himself. Pie show is pretty good, though. We we can end at five stroke. No 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 no, 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 I'm just saying, I'm saying I try. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, every so often it goes okay. A lot of times, complete disaster. When it comes to the wild card round, that never happens. The wild card round from Willie Do pays off every single time you wait for it. It's a 10 out of 10. 
It's 100 out of 100. It's never missed. And it's because of you. And it's time to reward every single person who has made it to this point. It is time to give them the Willie Do Wild Card round. Well, I can't even show the video, can I? <laughs> All right. Okay, so this is uh, this is what I was talking about with Lou. It's a channel called uh, Dylan LeMay, and I just want to hear his take on it. Um, he does videos. He works at I think a Cold Stone, and they're twenty minute or twenty second videos. And uh, I don't know. It's just about his life in working at Cold Stone. And it's uh, pretty interesting. It's on TikTok as well. That's how I found out. So check it out. See ya. <laughs> 